Sup freaks, it's your boy Marty here to introduce this episode of Rabbit Hole Recap. Matt and I just ripped it for a couple hours. I think you guys are really going to like it. This episode of Rabbit Hole Recap is brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. You already know all about them. They're providing financial services for Bitcoiners with a security-first mindset. And security-first mindset is really embodied in their Vaults program. Their Vaults program is a multi-sig setup where you hold two or three keys uh, where you control your UTXOs whenever you want. If you uh, engage in this setup, you can move your UTXOs off the platform whenever you want. But if you ever need Unchained to come in and sign that second of three keys to move your UTXOs, they're there for you. On top of that, they have their Bitcoin collateralized loan program where you can use your Bitcoin as collateral to get US dollar liquidity, same day US dollar liquidity, excuse me, so you don't have to sell your Bitcoin. Friends don't let friends sell Bitcoin. So if you are in a pinch, you don't want to sell your Bitcoin, you don't want to pay the capital gains taxes, Unchained is there to create a Bitcoin collateralized loan in which you can get liquidity uh, and not have to sell your Bitcoin. On top of that, they've got many open source initiatives, including Caravan, which is their open source solution to their their multi-sigs vault program. If you don't want Unchained involved in your vault and you want to create a multi-sig quorum uh, where Unchained, again, is involved, you can do that with Caravan. They're upgrading Caravan uh, as well. Matt and I just got a demo a couple weeks ago, and they're actually really, really upgrading it to the point where you have full XPUB key uh, control over your multi-sig quorums. On top of that, they're working on Hermit, and they've got an incredible open-source blog series, including Parker Lewis's Gradually, Then Suddenly. He's running some incredible content. If you have a normie in your life that's looking to learn about Bitcoin, and they need some resources to learn about Bitcoin, what it's all about, and why it's important. The first place I usually send the people in my life who are looking to learn about Bitcoin is Parker Lewis's Gradually Then Suddenly. So go to www.unchained-capital.com to check out all this. The Vaults program, the loan program, and the open source blog content that is literal orange pills. The blog content is just giving out orange pills www.unchain-capital.com this episode of rabbit hole recap is also brought to you by your good friends at the cash app you freaks already know all about them they're helping us do many things you're helping us stack sats self sats send sats receive sats they're making sats the standard you can do multitude of things with sats uh one thing i did forget to mention is they can now dca into sats with the Cash App. If you want to buy on a set cadence, whether it be one day, one week, bi-weekly, monthly, you can do that now in the Cash App. You can stack sats without even thinking about it on the Cash App. On top of that, if you want to stack a sliver of a stock, you can do that as well via Cash App Investing. And if your favorite stonk, if you're investing in stonks, I don't know who is listening to this podcast who's investing in stonks, but in case you are, via Cash App Investing, uh, you can invest as little as $1 in your favorite stock. You don't have to buy the whole thing. And because Cash App is directly connected to your bank account, there's no four to five day waiting periods. You can start investing in stonks or sats today. Cash App may even be your bank account. They have account numbers and routing numbers. So you may not even have to be connected to one. Cash App may be your bank account where you're getting direct deposits sent to your Cash App. Uh, if you haven't downloaded the Cash App yet, you're thinking about it. You should think about it, seriously. Download the Cash App. Use the code STACKINGSATS. It's S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. You're going to get $10, and $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. Uh, 
That's Owls Across with an O W L S. Download the Cash App today. Check out Unchained Capital. Enjoy this episode of Rabbit Hole Recap. Okay. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Probably should be. What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Tales from the Crypt. We got a rabbit hole recap coming at you. Matt and I are here. What a beautiful Thursday. It's beautiful where I am. It's sunny, bright. Just took a nice two hour walk. It's fucking gorgeous. Vitamin, vitamin D in me. Good vibes. What a day. What a day for Bitcoin. How you doing over there? Cheers, freaks. Cheers. Doing all right. It's been a pretty crazy week in Bitcoin land. Very crazy week. Very good week. A um, lot going on. That woo doggy. It's because of the extra bullish day. We had a, a huge head fund manager come out, Paul Tudor, uh, and announce that he's getting skin in the Bitcoin game. We will get into that uh, eventually, and we'll expand on it and talk about what the hell's going on. Uh, before we get into all this, we got to get to Clark Moody's dashboard, and then we got some shout outs. Price of Bitcoin right now is $9,890, a little bit higher than when we last met. Uh, block height 629,405, less than 600 blocks till the halving, freaks. Only 595 to go as of this recording. Uh, percentage of Tor nodes in the Bitcoin network, not just uh, Lightning, is 21%. And I saw Zach Vowell was, was shitting on the total number of Bitcoin nodes, uh, I think you got to take this this Tor node number into consideration. I, I wonder if this is heuristic. I think it's a pretty new stat on the dashboard, but we we will confirm that with Clark after the episode. Hopefully you're listening, Clark, and you can tell us. Uh, percentage of Tor capacity on the Lightning Network is 43.3%, 2,023 nodes. Uh, we are 1,603 blocks away from the next retarget, which is estimated to be an upwards difficulty adjustment of 7%. Blocks are currently coming in at 9 minutes and 46 seconds per block, so a little bit under the 10-minute target. The block subsidy is still 12.5 Bitcoin, uh, 595 blocks until that gets reduced to 6.25 Bitcoin. Uh, And again, this is the subsidy, not the reward. The reward is the subsidy plus the fees in the block. Uh, the sub the subsidy is what's programmed into uh, the the protocol, so that's going to get cut in half to six point two five. Right now, the average fees versus subsidy is three point two two percent, staying at that that level pretty consistently for the last couple of weeks at least. Uh, and the having as of right now is estimated to be May eleventh, twenty twenty. So next Monday, um, and depending on where how fast these blocks come in. Uh, what is the time? Is it UTC time that he's using? Web browsers, local time, so it's our time. 
Uh, right now, blocks are coming in at 6 minutes, 45 seconds. So it should happen if it keeps this pace between 4, 10 p.m. and uh, 7.30 p.m. I so mid-afternoon on the East Coast. I don't envy the Bitcoin Magazine guys trying to, uh, they're trying to schedule this like 21 hours worth of streaming content during the, during the halving. And, and no one knows exactly when it's going to happen, you know? Well, if you're using Clark Moody's dashboard, it's going to help you get a, a, a nice uh, nice little uh, idea of when it's going to happen. But with the price rising right now, maybe you have miners like S9s that have been sitting on the sidelines that have been profitable getting turned on in places of the world. Just trying to eke out as much value as possible with them. Um, so the, the recent price movement has probably made it extra confusing cough coming up <coughs> um yeah pretty pretty bullish data there the, the, the other dashboard is looking good he just added samurai data oh he did yeah on the bottom right he added whirlpool data um unspent capacity a thousand fifty two bitcoin so my understanding is that means uh transactions that have gone through whirlpool but are still in the remixing queue. They're still, you know, um, they haven't been sent out of Whirlpool. They're just sitting there, 1,052 and remixing, um, which is higher than the public capacity of the Lightning Network. Yeah, and, and rounds only go million Satoshis, 5 million, 50 million, correct? So number what? of the unspent counts of 15,818. Um, so that's well, a lot I believe of that, mixing. That's I believe that's the number of UTXOs. Yes, yes. Yep. So that's what I was trying to calculate. Um, but the average size of the UTXO. Yeah. And what, how many? So fifteen thousand eight hundred eighteen. Clark already did it for us. Counting the UTXOs. Um, that's a good amount of UTXOs. Five hundred thirty-three Bitcoin entered Whirlpool last thirty days. Anyway, I love this dashboard. I have like a dedicated screen to it and it's fucking fantastic. So shout out to Clark. Um, we've shouted out a million times, but it's bitcoin.clarkmoody.com slash dashboard. Yeah, it is um, one of my seven bookmarks that I have. I also I have, a dom- one. I have a domain that redirects to it because that's like a mouthful. It's btcstats.co. Whoa. First time I'm hearing of this. Yeah, that was just for my own private shilling i just didn't feel like typing in the whole thing every time i i told someone to go to it btcstats.co yep you you and your domains i'm a whore i bought that one i bought that one just for clark though like i didn't own that one already i was like i'll pay nine dollars so i don't have to type in the long ass domain name (laughs) does clark know about this is he just finding out now if he's listening he just found out now so it's cheers clark Thanks for doing what you do, brother. Uh, seriously, it's one of my bookmarks, one of my very few bookmarks, and I, I check it every day. And it's a, a depth of knowledge or data, not knowledge, depth of data that you can dive into. Got a few shout-outs this week. Uh, first one being, I'd love to be able to pull Marty's Bent and the Sat Standard feed into Slack channels, etc. Would be awesome to have an RSS feed added for these. Keep up the good work. Stay safe and stack sats. Uh, we do have an RSS feed. <laughs> of the website for Marty's Bent. 
I can get DJ to make one for the Stat Standard tonight, and we will put those in the show notes. At least Marty's been. I don't know if Stat Standard will happen tonight, but we Wait. will. Stat Standard is okay. not included in the RSS feed. It's not. It's not Mailchimp it's, based. Th- it's ghost based. Yeah, it's ghost based. Okay, well, um, we'll get that for you, freaks. That's a great idea. And, uh, yeah, I actually can find this out right now. Because also, like, like I know we're a proprietor of newsletters, but like, fuck emails. You know, I, I'm like, I think this, the the whole Rona thing has finally put me over the edge on emails. I'm just like, I'm finally done with them. It's just a worse way of communication. Yeah, that's true. Um, That's actually, I was like looking today. Let me know what you think, freaks. Um, I was uh, looking at Substack and thinking like, should I start posting a newsletter there instead of MailChimp? What are your thoughts on that? Why? Um, So we could charge them for it? Isn't that no, the main no, I don't. advantage of Substack? No, it would still be free, but um, uh, it's just cleaner looking. We can import our yeah. list, no problem, right? Yeah, yeah, easily. Yeah, let's just switch. All the all the cool kids are using Substack. Yeah, and Mailchimp like little... tried to. They banned a bunch of Bitcoin and crypto stuff at one point, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. So fuck that. And like our, my email gets caught up. And a lot of spam boxes, so I'm thinking about changing just for that. Yeah, let's just. And we switch. need to grow the lists. Seems like Substack has a a better way to sort of growth hack, where the list for as many people love it. It's 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 a word of mouth thing. Uh, it's not. I don't I don't market it at all. They're the my pin tweet. Uh, it's so and and Mailchimp doesn't surface any content from the newsletters that flow through their service where i think substack does that so thinking about doing that what substack has like a medium component attached to it where it's like recommending yeah. shit i mean yeah. i think i think it regardless of that like the the main power of a newsletter is is it's like forwardability it's like the organic uh you know oh check this out and you send it to your friends and your family so freaks we appreciate when you do that um and yeah. also talking about appreciate you guys um I had a conversation with a freak the other day who hasn't really been listening as frequently as he usually does uh, because because of the because he's not commuting to work anymore. Um, and he didn't have auto downloads enabled. Like it's it's very helpful to us and to other podcasters. Like if you want to support them and, you know, you don't have money to spare, you don't want to buy us a shout out or a drink or something like that just enabling auto downloads and you can even enable it to auto delete which only keeps two episodes on your phone helps us out tremendously because that's like the main metric that everything is calculated on. Yeah. Every subscribe rate review goes a long way. And again, the, the whole impetus for starting the newsletter and the podcast was to get quality information to people looking to learn about Bitcoin, Liberty, self-sovereignty, macroeconomics and uh, it seems like we're running into another bull bull market here, and, and you know that the uh, the pretend the pretenders who oh my God. are just looking to leverage uh, the the price movement are gonna try and lure in some noobs. So I'd like to get. I mean, obviously, uh, decide for yourself whether or not you think we're a quality source that you want to share with people. 
But if you want yeah, to try and highlight quality. us. We're pieces of shit. Don't trust us. That's a, that's a great way to do it. I fi- found the RSS feed for Marty's Bent. It's tftc.io slash Marty's dash Bent slash RSS. And I'll get one made for the stat standard. Some fucking mouthful. Um, put it in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, next, um, next shout out. But yeah, I was, We're 11 I was minutes talk- in. Wait, one second. One of my buddies, one of my buddies on the talk of charlatans that we just had with the bull run, uh, one of my buddies finally reached out to me. He's like ready to pull the plunge. He wants to, you know, actually buy his first Bitcoin. Um, and he goes, I just watched a ton of videos on YouTube. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't, I like, what did he watch? Uh, I got so scared and you have to like backtrack, you know, it's like causes so much early damage just in the beginning of where they start. It's unavoidable, but you just try your best. Well, again, it is unavoidable to a certain extent, but if you're able to help friends out and they're like, where should we go? If you think we're uh, a source that is worth going to, um, definitely send them our way, but to sort of front run the, the, uh, the people are just taking, trying to take advantage of the price appreciation. Uh, again, every like uh, rate review goes a long way. Auto download. And, Auto download. That's subscribe. Smash that subscribe button. Okay, second shout out. Second shout out. Interesting one. It's an interesting take. Bitcoin is mentioned by God in the Bible. And then I get sent to a couple tweets here uh, by Take Eat Back. At Take Eat Back. Revelation uh, 2, verse 17. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna and will give him a white stone in parentheses, white paper, and in the stone a new name written, in parentheses, Satoshi, which no man knoweth, saving that he receiveth it. And that's a quote tweet of Revelations verse, or chapter 2, verse 25 and verse 26. But that which ye have already hodled fast till I come. I don't know if, I, I can't verify this on the There's go right no now. There's no way that's, that's in the Bible. Yeah, and he that overcometh and keepeth my work works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. Hashtag Bitcoin. Um, so the shout out says, okay, paid for a shout out. I appreciate uh, it. I appreciate the shout out, dude. It's not done yet. Just switched to Graphene OS. It's the best. And I'm super thankful for the show y'all did on it. So thank go. you. There we go. That's awesome. Congrats. We're on Graphene. did it. We're on Graphene coming up. Um, last shout out before we get to Graphene. We'll start with Graphene. Um, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, censored, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Shout out to the plebs and the freaks, the stat stackers, those who question everything and verify every block. Without you, we are nothing. You may be anything you resolve to be from Stonewall. So I'm guessing that's bits in Stonewall. Thanks, Shout out dude. to you. Very Cheers. inspiring. Very inspiring. I like the walls um, you built. That, yeah, I saw. I got a. I got a glimpse of that. He he redid a, a wall for his friend this week. Yeah, I saw that. It, they used the same stones. It looked way nicer. It did. It did. Very quality, high quality work. I I, I hope to build a stone wall like that one day. Have you ever gone to the um, like the the modern art thing in upstate, where it's in like the fields? No. In New York, yeah. Cold. No, it's not cold. I forget what it's called. 
I don't know. I went there and asked. It. There's like a huge stone wall. that's just like I was like, I want to build a stone wall one day. Um, it was like an art exhibit. Bitcoiners are going to build some dope ass stone walls in the future. I have a feeling. Yeah, you think most of citadels will be stone? Oh, I mean, you know, I don't try and make strong predictions for the future. Who knows what material they'll use? That's yeah, yeah. That's that's probably wise. Um, Stone will probably be graph- involved. You know, I don't know. I, I imagine. I imagine. It's it, it provides good aesthetics. Uh, Matt, I have to thank you. You have me holding a a Pixel three A with graphene installed. Fuck yes. I used your I used your guide. I uh, finally did it yesterday. It took me a while uh, because I had to get my, like, my node set up and getting all the parts. And actually, where I'm at, the internet sucks. So it took actually, IBD took way yeah, longer than I expected. I saw your failed streamed attempts. <laughs> it was so bad. Sorry for those freaks. No, you uh, know, Comcast fucking blows. What are you going to do? Yeah, no, it really does. Uh, but I finally got everything set up. And I went. I had the time last night to actually go through the process to set up Graphy and then your guide uh, worked really well and I did it on a Mac too like all you have to, like people are like complaining about the Mac all you have to do is download the the Mac ADK kit and it works flawlessly I think I already had it I forgot I downloaded Ubuntu I think for like a Raspberry Pi a few years ago so I already had that were all the commands were all the commands the same for the yeah exact same oh awesome you didn't. So you yeah. didn't use Ubuntu. You used you used OS X. You used Mac, right? I think I used like a virtual machine of Ubuntu in my terminal with Mac. I don't think so. I doubt it. No, maybe. All right. Anyway, I'm glad you figured it out. I'm glad the guide helped. Uh, welcome to Graphene. It's pretty cool, right? It's really cool. Uh, it's it feels good. It feels good. I don't even have a SIM card. I'm just going to use it on Wi-Fi. Yeah, it's like a mini it. tablet when it's just Wi-Fi. Yeah. yeah, and so I've got Samurai, I've got Whirlpool set up, Dojo set up. F-Droid. Uh, F-Droid. Um, you know Zeus is on mater- F-Droid. Is it? Yeah. i got to download that now. Uh, Material Files is actually a great download, too. That helped me download Samurai. Yeah. I would not have been able to download it without that. Well, yeah, so, so Samurai is the only APK. So an APK is like a install file f- if you're directly downloading an Android app, it's the only APK that I've, that I've run into that issue with where you have to rename it. Usually it just downloads as an APK, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's up, it's running, um, connected to oh, my, yes. to my dojo with the, uh, with the QR code. Oh yeah. So you're in the dojo thing. now you're in the whirlpool. They're I'm officially the an uncle Jim. Officially an Uncle Jim. I need an Uncle Jim to come help me with live streams, but I could be your Uncle Jim. <laughs> you don't need an Uncle you, uh... Jim, dude. You need a new ISP. <laughs> That's true. You need a, you need an Uncle Fios. I, I really do. Um, no, but it feels good. It feels good. And so, yeah, I'm learning about Whirlpool. Obviously, I've got that running through my node, so it's running constantly, and I'm doing infinite mixes. And it takes a bit longer than I was expecting, so I, I thought I was doing something wrong. But Matt, let me know that I'm not. It's uh, yeah, the when you're doing infinite mixes takes, takes longer, and you're doing remixing constantly. Uh, you're just gonna 
but as goes I slowly when you're getting into new, but rounds. as I mentioned to you before the pod, but for the freaks is, is one of the nice things is because they're all identical because they're all identical output amounts. Um, if someone else in your mix remixes, it gives you a passive anonymity set increase. And also the earlier rounds from before it that people were a part of give you a passive anonymity set increase. So I, so ideally like the other people in your, in your round are also, are also remixing and it helps everyone together. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's cool. It's cool. And to how about my node? Let's talk about my node. How cool is my that little dope. having calculator they put up on the, on the home screen? 595 blocks still. It's taken a while to get to, uh, block 629,606. Uh, it's taken us a while or 406, excuse me. Um, no, it's dope. Like the one problem I've had isn't even with my notes with Electrum. Electrum, Get your shit together. Like I'm trying to connect Electrum to my node, and it won't read the server. You got to go into the config file. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I've been like, this is why I have so much trouble recommending Electrum is because then you have to troubleshoot with people, and then you know, like, it should be the most basic thing. And like, I feel bad because I know it's a, it's you know, it's an open source project. Like, I could submit a PR, but I can't because I'm not capable of doing this. But like the priority should be as simple as possible to connect to your own server. I mean, maybe I'm a hard, like more hardcore person or whatever, but I don't like the default should just be like enter the code for your Electrum personal server. Like it shouldn't even default to the, to using other servers. That should be like an opt out. And then you go and you use like a public Electrum server. If I had my well, way, that's... like that would be the ideal. Well, that's the thing that pisses me off is like, even if you automatically quote unquote connect to another server, you don't always connect to another server. Like I'm not connected to any server right now. Um, it's like, it's not even scanning. Like I can't even scan the blockchain for my transaction. So I'm trying to get past that hump right now with Electrum, I think. So I went to my config file and like everything I've read said, change the one server uh, line from false to true that doesn't exist in my config file like should i add that do you think yeah that's what you have to do yeah yeah i i i i feel and i've been saying this for like a year and a half now but i feel that we're six months away from me never having to use electrum again and i don't think that's the worst thing in the world you know like i'm i'm ready to use specter or you know carav the new version of caravan coming out uh, Junction, if if Justin Moon releases Junction, those kind of things, you know, like you know, like who wants to deal Carav with it? I don't want to deal with it anymore. Caravan might actually make more sense because I I only need Electrum server for a jump forward function because our like, just open no book Electrum here, makes freaks. the most sense. We'll get you. We'll, we'll be set up on Electrum soon. Yeah, we we've, we've but, been hodling uh, all your donations, by the way. Like we've never yeah. accessed the BTC pay funds. Yeah, we've never accessed them, so that's the thing. Like, so many invoices have been created that, like, you if you go into the wallet, the hardware wallet that we're using, you can't see any of the invoices. You can't see any of the the UTXOs we've received because so many invoices have been received that we have to jump forward. Well, people don't pay UTX them. They they ask for an invoice, yeah. but they don't pay them. Some of yeah, them get paid, but not all of them. So it goes it goes deeper. Yeah, most of them do not get paid. I feel like people just mess around with our site to see how btc pay works 
Um, that's good. So that is, be- yeah, no, it's great. Um, ma- mainly our, our Shopify uh, implementation that to see that flow. That's that's the cause for many of the unpaid invoices. Um, but yeah, no, that's the reason I'm trying to get on Electrum right now, so I can jump forward to find to actually get those UTXOs, so we can mix them and put them in cold storage. But but we practice uh, what we pe- preach, freaks. Like we've been hodling those donations, so. Um, yeah, I mean, you could, yeah, thank you, you, could thank check you for it. them. We're, we've been, we've been, uh, trying to maximize, maximize their future utility. Yeah. Any of you can check if you've sent donations and they've been hodled up to this point, you can go check those transactions. And um, we think, I think we have pay join enabled. We do have pay join enabled. I set it up. I'm such an idiot. Um, I thought I was making an error. I was just, and I was making an error. Uh, I thought BTC Pay was making an error. I was making an error where I just wasn't being thorough enough to follow the directions. So we set that up, uh, and I think you sort of need to fund it. So I just tried to fund it, and hopefully by the time this episode's over, you'll be able to pay join uh, on our store and in our contribute page. Um, can't guarantee it. Might have to work something out. Might have to talk to DJ uh, about figuring it out but i think it should work at this point i think we got it i think it just needs a confirmation let's see let's see we can check right now should have a confirmation at this point um oh wait no actually we're still 595 blocks away so it probably doesn't there you go um so should we jump into the news we've been talking about bullshit for 24 minutes uh and how much we love you freaks yeah, we probably should jump into the news. Big news today. I mentioned it early on in this episode. Paul Tudor Jones announces a Bitcoin investment. Uh, and he did this in an investor letter that he sent out to uh, his clients, I believe today. Uh, and it's pretty bullish, pretty good sign that institution, like institutional money has been a huge meme for quite a while. And Paul Tudor Jones is uh, an established hedge fund, whether or not they've been a successful uh recently as they were back in the 80s and 90s is up for it's not up for debate they're not they have not been as successful but they still have close to 40 billion dollars in assets under management uh paul tudor the uh ceo of CEO, founder of tudor investments corporation uh is a very well respected investor and hedge fund manager in the space and today he wrote a letter basically saying that they're going to get exposure to Bitcoin. Uh, I think it's going to be via the futures markets, via CME. There's going to put some, uh, they're just going to get some futures exposure. I don't know if they're going to get. They're not Bitcoin. actually owning Bitcoin, right? No. Yeah, I think they're owning the paper. P- but- P- PTG is going to have a lesson in not your keys, not your coins. Eventually, that's what's going to happen. You know what? You got to learn. You got to learn. Um, you. Getting the toes wet at first, but nonetheless, I think it's a great sign that somebody like him is uh, getting into this market. He's been known for making very good moves in the 80s and 90s in the currencies and hard commodities markets, particularly gold. Um, And he basically came out and said that he thinks Bitcoin today is like gold in the 80s. And if you know the history of gold, it had a well, gold, in, gold the 70s. in the seventies. 70s, 70s, excuse me. It had a very, uh, very good run there in the seventies as we went off the gold standard and had an oil crisis and yada yada yada. Um, and then it crashed, and then it 
has just gone up basically. Yeah. Uh, create, yeah, create, but create a higher, higher low. Um, but he says he's like, seems pretty based in his newsletter and it seems that he understands Bitcoin or uh, probably an analyst who may have helped him write this letter, understands Bitcoin pretty well. We probably had, like, uh, so, team. Yeah. So here's a couple excerpts. I'll just read, uh, for you freaks. I also made the case for owning Bitcoin, the quintessence of scarcity premium. It is literally the only large tradable asset in the world that is a known fixed maximum supply by its design. The total quantity of Bitcoins, including those not yet mined, cannot exceed 21 million. Approximately 18.5 million Bitcoins have already been mined, leaving about 10% remaining. On May 12th, wrong, Bitcoin's mining reward, the pace at which the supply (laughs) of Bitcoins is increased, wrong, will for the third time be halved. Paul, love that you're coming in, but let's get something straight. Just say block at block 300, or excuse me, 600. And 30,000, the subsidy is going to get halved. Not the reward. We already went over this earlier in the episode, Paul. The reward is the combination of the subsidy and the fees included in the block. Okay? The reward is those two combined. The subsidy is getting cut in half. You're new to the game. (laughs) Hey, Paul, if you're listening, open invite to come talk about this. We'll we'll teach you up. We'll get you up up to snuff with what's going on in the space. Subsidy. Not reward. We need to stop making these mental errors. We need to start teaching people what is correct from the onset. Did you tweet out that this dude manages $38 billion? I did, because he does, (laughs) across all funds. I I deleted the tweet, though, because I couldn't confirm um, at the time. I got, I couldn't, like, I, I saw. One site said 39 million, then I went to another and said 5 billion. And I think that might have been a subsidiary. Like, so there's multiple funds that he manages. Okay, but he manages at least years. five billion. At least five billion. That's a lot of money. He's worth a lot of bit, a lot of money. I deleted the tweet because I couldn't confirm. I don't have access to Bloomberg these days. Uh, I'm I'm just a a, a pleb Bitcoin podcaster. Yo, I don't have these, access to the terminal anymore. If these, yeah, yeah, I don't have access to the Bit, uh, the Bloomberg terminal either. Um, I have Clark Moody's dashboard, though. Um, I, if the billionaires start going crazy over this shit, like shit will get real, real fast. It's like classic gradually, then suddenly. You know, it's like Bitcoin Tina's rip your nads off, whatever. Like, who's gonna sell in that situation? Everyone will just be scrambling for it. It's a whole huge dick measuring contest at that level. Like all these managers, especially managers, contest at every level, bro. Every level. No, but no, at the hedge fund level, like it's a different fucking dick measuring contest. All right. Like the, like the amount of gloating that you can do via spending of the money that you make, uh, which is what happens at that, at that level for a lot of these people, they, they see what houses they can buy, what cars they can buy. Uh, if they can go to the F1 race in Monaco, and how close they can get to the, the track. Like these are, these are the dick measuring contests that are happening at this level. And so th- what Paul did today in his letter just incites other hedge fund managers at that level. And again, I'm not saying these people, I love, uh, I love that he's on I, a first name basis. He's Paul. Yeah. Paul, Paul. Yeah. Um, and again, I think a lot of these people are, are sort of out of touch these days, but 
like what Paul did today is just gonna incite like the other people at at that level to be like, why is Paul's buying Bitcoin? Should we be buying Bitcoin? Why aren't we buying Bitcoin yet? These are these are the questions that people are asking in Zoom boardrooms around the country right now. Well, supposedly Uh, Paul's biggest, um, his biggest win was the 1987 stock market crash. He shorted it, and he and he made a whopping 127 percent. And as a Bitcoiner, I read that and I was like, "That's it. That's it." Yeah, Paul, are you ready for some real returns, bro? Stay humble, Matt. Are you bullish right now? Oh my god! You know, I, I, I think. Well, before this news, I thought you know we might like dump right after the having, like at, at the point of the having. I don't like doing short-term speculation, but I was like kind of really feeling that, um, because it it was getting really hot or whatever, and it you know it just needed like a little short-term dumpage. Not that I would trade it. Um, but this is just straight moon juice mixed with the having, mixed with all the other macro stuff that's going on. You know, who who the fuck knows? But I'll tell you one thing. Um, can we all agree that if it dumps, then that means it wasn't priced in as well, right? Like, regardless, if it has to be, it has to stay the same price to be priced in, right? I would imagine, right? Or well, new information's coming in every it's new day. New information. That's the thing. That's so what the- pissed me off the most today. When I saw his fucking announcement, I was like, "Now they have the excuse." I was like, "They already had the Fed, and now they have now they have fucking Paul, you know, throwing his dick on the table." So now they're like, "Oh, well, the having was priced in, but the Fed and Paul pumped the price up," you know. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the fundamentals of the network. There's, there's these outliers that just come out of nowhere, and you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't price that, and you couldn't determine that other people would come to the same logical conclusion that you you came to, and it would just take time, and and them coming to that logical conclusion would lead to them dumping assets into this, dumping value into this asset class, which would naturally increase the price because it's inherently scarce. And scarce goods. Three weeks ago, four weeks ago, people were talking about how there was going to be a mining death spiral. Four weeks it's coming, ago. dude. Well, that's the that's the thing. Like it, it'll be interesting to see as we head into Monday or whenever the having happens, uh, where the price is. Because again, like if it's pretty elevated, a lot of S nines that were expected to not be profitable at the time of the having might might be able to stay online and uh, the the expected i've heard ranges from 30 to 60% hash rate decrease may not may not be that big but but supposedly um, this Paul news wasn't really i'm just going to keep calling him on a first name basis i was hoping we were going to use his initials because i just thought it was another abbreviation you'd screw up but here we are calling him Paul so i'll continue on that route supposedly say the, PT I thought you were going to say PJT. I was hoping for that. Um, so I, but it's, it, it's really PTJ. Anyway. I would have messed that up. The information has been leaking, it appears. It appears like a lot of people like had, had ideas about it. So I wonder um, how much that did affect the recent run-up. Right, like that people knew about it and they were buying ahead of the announcement. Yeah. And he had he had How great many, timing, right? Like five days, five days before the having, he's like, "Oh yeah, I've been building a position for the last month." Yeah, like right around earnings reports, so it's like sort of natural. Um, 
But yeah. that's, you know, that's one of the reasons I'm bullish on Bitcoin is like all these guys, they can pump the shit out of it, right? Like that's what the tether truthers never understood. Like even in their theory, if it was like four or five guys pumping the price of Bitcoin, which I didn't think was the case, that would be the most bullish thing ever. Like imagine 10 guys with deeper pockets. Like why wouldn't you board that? Matt, but you're bastardizing Bitcoin. It's not you know, the ethos of Bitcoin. It is what it is. I think, it's, I think a higher price makes the whole network stronger and helps out all users, period. Exactly. Like, you cannot dictate who does and does not invest it's an open in Bitcoin. financial network. There's no... You may not like it, yeah. but it's the way it is. And like you said, Matt, an increased market cap provides more utility for the underlying Bitcoin. And more for liquidity, the people who are... More security. For, for the people who are using Bitcoin like us, the Uncle Jims like us, uh, it helps us out in the long run. It makes our Bitcoin more valuable and it, it enables us to do more with our UTXOs. You know, on a long enough time scale, the Bitcoin price increasing saves lives. If that's what it comes down that's to. Just true. I loved Evan Kaloudis' tweet. All right. If ending the fiat, I, I'm going to butcher it, I'm paraphrase it, but if, we, if ending. Fiat monetary policy saves just one life. We should do it. Think about that life. Can't argue with that. You, you really can't. We're trying to save lives here. This is what it's all about, freaks. Um, but staying on our boy Paul, our boy or his Paul. analyst. I didn't even know this dude existed <laughs> until like six hours ago. I actually did. I might have like actually talked with some of his analysts when I worked back at the Managed Futures Fund. I think I think I definitely like cross paths with like the Tudor Investments team at some point in my life, so he was on my radar. I haven't heard about him in quite some time, so I was like, "Ah, oh, Paul Tudor's, Paul Tudor Jones is out here, PTJ out here, shilling the corn." But he did a good job of shilling it in the letter. Um, we already talked about he understands the having, he, he misunderstands the reward versus subsidy, but we'll let him we'll let him slide there a little bit. But it's a common uh, misconception. It's it's more semantics, to be honest. Uh, it's not really semantics, because a little bit. Eh, no, it's not. It's not semantics because we're not going to get into the semantics argument. Uh, I just admitted <laughs> semantics. <laughs> uh, but when the when the subsidy becomes when the subsidy becomes uh, sort of insignificant, saying that you're cutting the reward in half is not is not going to be good. So we got to nip that in the butt and before it gets to that point because that's not going to be true hopefully fees make up a they're not at three percent they're somewhere between 50 and 60 percent at the point where this needs to happen and or probably even higher and you don't want to have people think that that uh that that fee reward is getting cut in half because that's simply not going to be true um nip it in the butt early that's all i'm saying maybe it's semantics right now but in the future it will not be It'll it'll have material effect on how people view the stuff. Uh, I hope you're listening, Paul. Take it in, Paul. Well, still, let's get into like how orange pillity is. The next category we discussed in determining whether or not Bitcoin was something, whether or not Bitcoin, whether or not something was a good store of value was trustworthiness. No surprise here. Bitcoin got the lowest score because it is also the youngest entrant at 11 years of age. Someone mentioned that it has 60 million users in almost 200 countries, but that did nothing to sway people. Gold, as one would have guessed, scored first in the category as it has stood the test of time for thousands of years. So that was the flavor behind some of the discussion that 
some of the discussions that were had when scoring the suitability of each asset as a store of value. What was surprising to me was not that Bitcoin came in last, but that it scored as high as it did. Bitcoin had an overall score nearly 60% of that of financial assets, but has a market cap that is one, and I've been thinking of how to say this up until this point, and I still don't know, one twelve hundredth, one divided by one two zero zero, one twelve hundredth, is that how you say that? Of that, it scores 66% of gold as a store of value, but has a market cap that is one sixtieth of gold's outstanding value it's point zero zero one yeah something appears wrong here and my guess is the price of bitcoin bullish very bullish so he's been having like conversations about bitcoin like trying to decide if he's going to invest um they've been allocating it seems like for like a month or so as you said into futures which we'll see if it bites them in the ass that they're they're choosing to go with futures um, I really, it'll, it'll be interesting when the billionaires start playing in the spot markets and well, taking custody themselves. Uh, Paul, Paul, you're that freak who, who DM me last week and has been buying Bitcoin on Robinhood. It, it's not worth it, man. Do you think he's buying on Robinhood? No, but <laughs> CME is the Robinhood of, of the hedge fund managers. I know, but it'd be funny if he was buying on Robinhood. Um, <laughs> he's got like, Paul's got some Dogecoin on Robinhood. Uh, I, what I, where I was going with this is I wonder, like, what communication channels they were using to discuss that. Like, maybe the Chinese and other entities were listening in on their conversations and investing accordingly. So, like, then, you know, you have the ability for leaks to come out on this type of stuff becomes way higher when it's, you know, all being done remote. Yeah. Like, where are they using Zoom? We're using Zoom right now, but we're going to record. We're recording this conversation. We're going to post it to the public, so we don't really care if the CCP hears this. The call quality is really good on Marty's shitty-ass fucking internet. It really is. It so, really is. you know, it is what it is. It's just a better better compression algorithm or whatever they're using. But it, Zoom, that on that topic... Middle compression? Should we talk about Zoom buying my fucking darling Keybase? Rest in peace, Keybase. I mean, Keybase was already like partially dead because of the Stellar thing, but like I kind of turned the other cheek on it. Um, well, because they were desperate for this. funding. Yeah, they were desperate. But did they sort of paper mache over a back door that they made? Because apparently, like you were able to, like because of the Stellar integration, they were able to advertise to Keybase users, which like proved that they had a back door that they shouldn't have had. This is a true statement, or. No. No. No, because they could, yeah, I mean, they could send you a message. Doesn't mean they could, they, they had access to your private keys. Their clients are, their clients are open source. Their server is not open source, but it's designed in a way that you don't have to trust the server with your privacy. Obviously, the ideal is like a federated model, like something like Matrix, um, where, where you, or like Mastodon, but Mastodon's more of like a Twitter clone, but like, where you can, anyone can run their own server, and then ideally the servers are cross-compatible. That's not the case with Keybase. Keybase is more of a setup, something like Signal, at least on the messaging component side, right? Where Signal runs a server, but all your keys are supposed to be kept locally and the apps are open source. Um, with this, uh, it, it really looks like the beginning of the end for Keybase. I, it's a really sad... I, I think I might run 
the largest Bitcoin focus group on Keybase. I'm not sure because their discovery tools aren't that good, but we have like 700 members in our Bitcoin Keybase group. Uh, so it's, it's extra disappointing. Um, and they had some really cool features there. Like you can host, you can host, uh, signed files. You could have like a, a website, a static web page that you host through Keybase files that's signed with your public key, uh, which is awesome. Um, but this should make Zoom a much better experience for Zoom. It's good to see Zoom going this route. If, if, if you were going to talk about ways for Zoom to like improve their privacy, this idea that they're going to basically encrypt conversations using your, your Keybase keys, hopefully your, your PGP keys, but they might be using like uh, Keybase's, uh, you know, other private key setup that they use. They, they use like a, a dual setup. Like you can host your PGP keys, but they have a separate private public key pair that they use for the messages and stuff like that. Um, but what I see happening here is it looks like an aqua hire. It looks like the Keybase devs will go over, they'll basically integrate it all into Zoom's closed source apps. Um, if the app is closed source, it's all basically lip service. We're trusting them that it's actually end-to-end encrypted, that they can they can actually view it. So hopefully it'll be open source. I won't, don't hold your breath. Like that's basically what happened with WhatsApp, right? So Facebook bought WhatsApp, they added encryption, but it's closed source app. So like, you're just kind of hoping that they've implemented it. Um, so where Zoom privacy is right now is horrible. So it's, yeah, it's hard to see how it's a negative. It's probably a, a very good positive for Zoom users. It's good to see the stock go up on end-to-end encryption news. I want that to be a trend. I want... I want companies to know that if they want to pump their stock price, they should add end-to-end encryption. And, you know, RIP Keybase, hopefully we have a better alternative soon. Hopefully they don't fuck around with it. I would rather they just let it, like, wither away with no new features and just leave it as it is. So I'm just going to, like, hold my breath. Maybe that'll happen. Uh, but I think long-term, like, it's it's doomed. Like, you never see a public company take over something that's, like, privacy focused and maintain it well i feel like it always gets corrupted yeah so two things here the negative could be they just lull people into a sense false sense of security where they think they actually have people are already idiots they already have the false sense of security like they were running the british cabinet meetings on zoom and there was no end-to-end encryption claims they weren't even claiming end-to-end encryption and they were still doing it right like no one cares you know like i like, I have friends, they, like, send me a Skype link or whatever. Like, you think they watch what they say when they, sp- when they speak on Skype? Like, no, maybe the enterprise people. You know, maybe the enterprise people want certain, certain guarantees. But hopefully they will push for better guarantees than false sense of security. But who knows? Well, maybe they would have sought out alternatives when people were making fun of them on Twitter. Like, hey, you British Parliament, you guys are idiots. Like, somebody's going to be able to hack in there. And now they're like, oh, they bought Keybase. We're fine. We're fine. We're good. Well, like Cisco WebEx, right? And Microsoft Teams and Google Meet. uh, I don't think any of those are end-to-end encrypted. And if they are, they're definitely not open source. So, you know, it is like... Outside Where's of the competition? Is any of this My, open source. The only the only end to end encrypted video I know of, for sure, is one on one Jitsi chats, not group chats, one on one only. Signal chat, signal video. 
which is mobile only and kind of blows no group no group chats and the quality is kind of degraded because it's encrypted um but it, it like gets the job done and i think that's it i think that's the only two i know of like there's a there's a dearth of secure video chat that's not that much and again we talked about this i think a couple weeks ago it's hard there's so much bandwidth that goes into all this oh gab Uh, just forked uh an open source video uh yeah protocol and i i wonder if that's encrypted i'm not sure if it is or not it it, i'm almost positive it's not for group but sometimes it might be for the one-on-one i wonder and the second thing I wanted to bring up, did I see Grubles from Blockstream uh, teasing a Keybase fork? Yeah, but so there's two groups of Keybase users, right? So Keybase was born with the idea that it was a place for you to host your public key of your PGP key, right? You have the public key, private key pair. Uh, the private key is, is, is your secret key, and the public key is the one that the public knows so that they can either encrypt messages to you or prove that... You either uploaded a file or text or whatever, right? Um, that was the original purpose of Keybase. And then you could also connect those to your different internet identities, uh, right? Like Twitter, uh, GitHub, Reddit, yada, yada, yada. I, so keys.pub is a fork of that element, right? A place to host your PGP keys, which is great. It's one of the things I love about Keybase. And one of the cool things about Keybase is if you follow a person and their, their public key changes, you get notified, um, which is like a very useful service. And you, you're able to see the different identities. And you can even, you know, it's not as secure, but in browser, you can send them an encrypted message using the PGP key. So it makes it way more accessible for people. But the cool features for Keybase for me was the encrypted group chats, the shared file system, encrypted file system, um, Although that element, the mobile apps where you could do all that stuff, and that that fork doesn't have any of that stuff. Yeah, I doubt it. No, it doesn't. I checked. That fork is is literally just a place to host your PGP keys, and like network around it. Try and build this stuff in, or I don't think so because those there's a whole group of users that thinks. All that other stuff Keybase added was a distraction. Like, I think the Stellar integration was a distraction, but all the other stuff I fucking love. Like, I, I, I don't know. I'm like, it's weird. And then, and this is one of the reasons why Keybase never found product market fit because of their niche user base, it was all split up between people who didn't want, diff- they all wanted different things. Like, the group messaging in Keybase is fantastic. We have channels, it's like a more secure version of like Slack. Yeah. I mean, and it really shows the the sorry state of funding from Silicon Valley right now. Like, uh, and I talked to people who were close to the Keybase team when they were first starting out in SF, and said so they couldn't get funding, and and they turned to shitcoining literally to get money to build what they wanted to build. Um, open source isn't profitable for most people unless you're building ways to leverage that via via um, hosting or, or something like that uh, outside of that it's hard to make money in this stuff so I guess that's a question as users and humanity moving forward is how do we how do we make this happen I think I mean Bitcoin's solving it too companies who have skin in the game 
in terms of the Bitcoin network, actually funding developers who are working to make it stronger. But uh, there's very few and far between uh, projects that have figured this out. All I can say is I just hope Zoom doesn't integrate fucking Stellar. You know, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that turns out. They might. I, hey, I, that might have, my my quick take here. Jen McCaleb, is, Jen McCaleb probably wrote that into the acquisition contract. My quick take here is bullish on Zoom, uh, even though it's just lip service. Uh, more bullish on end-to-end encryption, even though it's just lip service, and bearish on Keybase. And disclosure: I have, I bought some Zoom stock at around a hundred dollars, but not enough. So, ooh. I didn't know if I was going to, have to prod you for that disclosure. Didn't even have to do it. I no, I told, but I told you, I've told the freaks about this. That I, it was my Rona trade. It was my only Rona trade I made. Um, was was because because we know like, look, it's 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 in terms of call quality and ease of use, it is by far the best platform. In terms of security and privacy, it's one of the worst. But users don't give a shit. It turns out I, I should have bought the wrong Zoom stock, right? The wrong Zoom yeah, stock went up way more. Actual Z O O M, not yeah. ZM. Fucking shitcoin. Disclosure: I own, I think, three stocks, or multiple of three companies. Square is one of them. I own like a partial stock on the Cash App. I, I stacked a sliver of a stock on the Cash App. Wait, wait, you stacked a Square stock on the Square app? Yeah, you know, just to test it out. That's pretty funny. Um, that's 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 fucking hilarious. That's hilarious that they offer this, it. I never even checked their like stock portion there. I got into some uranium stocks too. Yeah, there's a lot of Bitcoin guys that are very bullish on uranium. I'm glad I never touched that shit. Uh, yeah, it's on like break even on those. This is not investment um, advice. Do not do any of this. Yeah, Speaking of Square. Don't buy stocks. Just enjoy. Most of, you know, I'm, I'm not really in stocks. It's just, the Zoom play is just gambling. That's just all that was. It was like a very small little gambling play while I was bored. Um, we should talk about Cash App quarterly earnings. This is a good tangent. Yeah, well, before we get into this, it was sort of a natural segue I was working on there. Sorry. Um, we're through two of 13 topics, and we're almost an hour in. So it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a long rip. Uh, speaking of Cash App, they announced. Yeah, they had their uh their Q one uh sales call, sales call, earnings call. There we go, earnings call yesterday, and a lot of good numbers came out uh in regards to their Bitcoin sales. So Q four twenty nineteen, they had one hundred seventy eight million dollars in total volume of Bitcoin. So. And I'm so confused on this, uh, whether it's a combination of how many people bought, how many people sold. Uh, I'm not certain right now, but let's just focus on the profit. And Q for 2019, it was around three and a half, between three and a half and four million dollars. Uh, Q1 2020, um, total volume jumped from 178 million to 306 million, so almost doubling uh, in profit. Jumping from again three and a half between three and a half and four million to six point seven million. Uh, Marty, they sold three hundred million big three hundred million dollars of the Bitcoin, right? It's the total USD volume of Bitcoin. So they sell. No, nah, we got this confirmed. I'm pretty sure that that's how much they sold. They sold three hundred six million dollars worth of Bitcoin. That doesn't include sells. That's just buys through Cash App. 
All right. You can hold me. Is to it confirmed? It. Well, I'm like yeah, I'm like ninety nine percent sure. Because they make fees both ways, right? Okay, now I'm ninety eight percent sure. But I'm I'm like I don't want to put him on the spot, but I like confirmed with someone who I'm Regardless, like pretty vo- sure. Vo- volume is up. Uh profit is up. It, people are using Bitcoin on the Cash App. And it, it seems like the charts going exponential again, like a profit doubled quarter on quarter and um, volume almost doubled quarter on quarter. What's crazier which is, is how many, what percent of people that use cash app do you think are, because they don't disclose this number. Do you think are using the Bitcoin feature or even know the Bitcoin features there? I would say less than 20. Yeah, I would say like 10% or 15%. So you got like the number one app on the finance section of the app store sitting there just gaining downloads. And like two clicks away is Bitcoin. So like, you know, last bull run, you couldn't even open an exchange account. Do you remember how crazy that was? People were like selling their polo accounts for like fucking $50,000 and ridiculous prices. Well, that's one thing I wrote about. It was Monday or Tuesday. Like going into the halving and, and reflecting back on the bear market. Not saying that we're te- are we technically not in a bull market yet until we pass the last all time high. We're just it's just um, one long continuous bull market. Yeah, dips and the, dips and and hills. Since the last all time high. Uh, it is crazy to think that, like, like you were just mentioning, like December 2017, Coinbase down, Cash App was like just coming on the scene, um, exchanges were going offline left and right because they couldn't handle the infrastructure. Literally, couldn't handle the amount of people that were trying to buy Bitcoin at that time. And if you reflect on what's happened since December 2017, like the amount of on ramps that have. Um, come to market since then river financial cash app really beefing up what they're doing uh coin floor in the uk going bitcoin only rest in peace bitter came and gone too soon uh love you Bitcoins out there now love you ruben uh the on-ramps are more bountiful and then more importantly i think outside of coinbase coinbase still has connectivity issues and uptime issues even though they're the oldest fucking exchange Fuck you, in the market. Base. Seriously, get your shit together. Like, stop focusing on shitcoin. Like, you have the, like... Well, I think the they have the opportunity. They have the opportunity to, like, just own this market and their lack of focus. And I've been saying this... It's good for Bitcoin. It's. I mean, it's good for Bitcoin that they're getting away for Coinbase, but, like, if Pierre should be the CEO of Coinbase, and this was a big meme a couple of years ago, you should... <laughs> Be the CEO of Coinbase because if you if Brian Lex Luthor, if you were able to focus and just like actually like hone in on a product market fit of getting Bitcoin to your users, and you didn't have as much downtime and connectivity issues as your app does today, your website, your product does today, you would be in, I think considerably more successful and more profitable than you have been up to this point. Look, um, their founder was a shit coiner. Their investors were shit coiners. It is what it is. Um, we have a lot more Bitcoin focused. There, there's, there's two big things. Just to 
distill it, I think, in my mind from 2017. First of all, we've seen tons of new on-ramps and they're localized. There's all these, you know, like you're in Canada, you got bull Bitcoin. You, it's, all, it's all localized, which is great. So, so it, it can't even, they can't become too big because they're not serving everywhere. Um, people think of that as a negative, but I think that's a positive. Something like Cash App, you know, you can't positive. get it most places, right? Um, except for the United States. And then the second big thing I think is Bisc and Hoddle Hoddle. We didn't have those really. We like we didn't have those there at the at the time. Not in the, with with like reasonable liquidity. Um, no. We had local bitcoins, um, which basically I think got hit with the KYC right at the end of the 2017 run, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I think the infrastructure in terms of actual on ramps. Uh, is a lot better. Off ramps are always, I think, going to be a hurdle if you self custody. Um, but why off ramp? We're, we're getting on to stay on. At least I am. Yeah, I mean, so I can't actually really speak to it because I don't really have experience with that. But um, I imagine it's a bigger hurdle, especially if you self custody. If you're trying to send like large amounts of Bitcoin through regulated financial services. Uh, yeah, freaks. Hoddle on. Right, we're gonna. We're gonna. Um, uh, tap into our our good friend Huddle on comrade or Huddle comrade. The tax implications that come with selling like it's not worth the headache. I've gone through that once, and it's like, oh my, all right, like just hold. And again, make sure you have a fiat job. You're making money. You're able to handle your expenses on stay one humble, side freak. of the balance stay sheet. Humble. Um, no, definitely stay humble. But stay hold, humble. like, stay humble. And being humble is noticing how much you are able to extend yourself into this asset class uh, for an extended period of time. Like you don't yeah, want to have to sell Bitcoin because that's exactly. just, you're going to sell more Bitcoin because you're thinking, oh, I'll just sell Bitcoin to cover these expenses. And it's like, oh, the taxes are such that I'd sell more Bitcoin to cover those. And yeah, you're forced to whole... sell it if you're not humble. Exactly. When the volatility eventually hits you. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think that's pretty crazy that Cash App um, has sold that much Bitcoin. I'm pretty sure it was 300 million. So that's pretty crazy to me. Uh, then, and the other thing is, you know, we had this huge dip while that was happening. So it shows, and they just added auto, auto dollar cost, auto stack sats. And then, so that didn't exist before. Um, so that's only going to increase it. And cash up in general is just going up. So I, I think that's going to be, like that's what sets the floor, right? When you have this like volatile new asset in adoption phase, like these, all these small purchases that everyone's everyone's making, like it's like a group corner of the market type of situation. Uh, and it's just like, that's why when well, people complain, they say like futures are going to drive the price down and stuff like that. Like if you just have people just constantly buying small amounts, um, many, you know, many users around the world buying small amounts, like you can't, of a scarce asset, like you can't artificially keep that down. No, and that's the beauty of it too. It's not even people, like, it's not even many people cornering the market. They, many people can't even coordinate to, to there's no whales on cash corner the market. Their fucking limits no. suck. There's, <laughs> so you they know, just up their, they just up their buy limits to hundred K. No, but I'm pretty um, sure that's bullshit. Because well, th- it's bullshit. We're gonna we're gonna do on our advertiser right now. It's uh, bullshit because their deposit because, limit is ten k. Yes, 
So you need yeah, to so deposit 10K for 10 weeks to take advantage of the 100K by Bitcoin limit, right? And then the withdrawal limits are the same way, the other way. Well, you have so to wait like, 20 weeks to withdraw. So you wait 10 yeah. weeks to buy your 100K for the week because they just raised the Bitcoin limit to 100K for the week, right? From 10K. Yes. But the deposit yes. limit is still 10K. And the withdrawal it doesn't limit make any is sense. 5K. It doesn't make any sense. And uh, complete openness here. Like We haven't talked to the Cash App product team about this at all. But I'm sure they know. Me- I'm sure they know. They're not idiots. No, but it, I assume it maybe it's like a first step and maybe like yeah. you, you raise the limit on one end and you can raise it to that level on the other end. I don't know. But it doesn't make any... like, And it's actually, if we're being honest, like it's a little dangerous too because if you have and and we i've sent this tweet out many times like if the price is going to run up like be careful with how many sats you have on these centralized uh, exchanges and their withdrawal limits particularly because you could be able to withdraw all your bitcoin one day and the price runs up uh, a good amount you're not able to withdraw that all the next day because the limit is measured in fiat yes and your balance is actually measured in bitcoin yeah. So yeah, I mean, be I, wary of that. I meant it less as a critique on Cash App and more on a critique on all the pump tweets that were like, oh, Cash App raised their limit to 100K and now it's, you know, the bullish moon juice, you know, we're going to go to the moon. Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah that's not, that's not going to do it. But in defense of Cash App, I do think they want to raise the limits on both ends. I think Jack actually, when I interviewed him, alluded to that. Yeah, that's like, what caused the, the fake news. Yeah, the fake news where he's like, <laughs> he was like, look at, like, he was like, yeah, I, I can only buy 10K a week. Like, it should be higher. I think he was trying to allude to. And they were like, Jack's limiting out every week. Yeah. Um, like, I don't think they like the limits either. I think they're just, and again, obviously, disclosure, disclaimer. We don't have to sponsor. disclosure this because you have a long ass ad in the beginning of the podcast. So everyone knows, yeah. except the people that skip yeah, but, the ads, which is fine. But, but you know, this, you know is, what you're this is like literally, this is like literally my analyst hat on like i don't i don't think they like the limits either the other thing that i think people should keep in mind here is cash app not only is killing it on user numbers they've surpassed venmo but all of these payment apps have been struggling even like the bank payment apps have been struggling to bring in revenue they can't figure out how to monetize because none of them can charge money on the p2p transfers when i like when a friend pays you through cash app or venmo they don't charge a fee because they can't charge a fee because then you just go to Facebook Pay or Cash App or Venmo, like you switch if they charge you even the smallest fee. They can't get away with that. But this idea of adding Bitcoin and adding stocks is a huge revenue generation and it works. It seems like people are willing to pay for that feature. So I have a feeling that we have the Venmos, the PayPals, well, Venmo and PayPal are the same, the Facebooks, all of them are all probably thinking about you know, stock integration, but also hopefully Bitcoin integration. They see all this revenue coming in. They see how much demand there is. Um, And I think that helps everyone. You know, once again, this is an open financial system. Just because I would never buy through Facebook doesn't mean that it doesn't help everyone if if you can buy through Facebook. No, and it it harpens back to the conversation we were having earlier. Like a lot of people won't like the institutional investors are getting into the space, but it doesn't matter. Are they? Like... (laughs) <laughs> maybe i don't know well yeah paul tudor jones buying bitcoin futures on the cme that will that will leak into 
to spot purchases as well, I believe, if he's inherently has pump Has Pomp just been right this whole time? He's just always two years late. First, the virus is coming. Now, institutional money is here. Maybe Pomp's just in the middle of all these conversations where, where the assholes. Yeah, but how did he know about the Rona ahead of time? That's what I want to know. He knew about the Rona ahead of time? Yeah, the virus is coming. The virus is spreading. <laughs> what did he say? The virus is spreading. How did he know? I don't get it. Was Pomp conditioning us? Yeah, maybe he was. Maybe he was in on it. I think he was in on it. Love you, Pomp. I was DMing. I was DMing with Pomp. Uh, uh, I'm not going to disclose what we're DMing about, but it, it, we had a chuckle about some of the DeFi narratives, um, which are which are hilarious. So, Is what it topic? Really DeFi. Oh, it's not DeFi. We've talked about this already. There's no D part. That's the most, it's just FI. I guess they're calling it C-Fi now when it's like centralized finance. It's just finance. Oh my gosh, dude. I had a big cringe of that the other day. C-Fi. Um, it's all finance. Finance is just using capital to hopefully get returns in the future by allocating that capital in a certain way. Block um, clock mini. I'm buying it. I'm buying it. Buy, 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 buy. Bye. Going Kramer right now. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. I wanted the first block clock, but I'm sorry, Rodolfo. I was not going to pay $4,000 for that motherfucker. You tried to convince Neither me. Neither was I. I will pay $500 for the mini, though. No, it's less. It's three fifty. dollars Plus your, like, $150 deposit. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, motherfucker, dude. I think sure. it's just three fifty. No, you put $150 down, then you pay $350 for the rest. I'm pretty sure. Really? Could be wrong. It could be wrong. I'm pretty well, sure, though. Well, guys, freaks, the price of the block clock is between $350 and $500. We're not sure. Um, the first block clock was dope as fuck. It had those old, uh, those old train type of flicker things. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm wrong. $350, right? Great price point. It has seven yes. e-ink displays instead of the train flipper things, so it's a lot cheaper. And one of the cool things is it has both an SD card slot, uh, which for now is going to be like che- firmware upgrades. You can but, check your uh, your open dimes. Yeah, and That's it's got so a USB good, port for the open dime. So not only can you check the balance, but you can also load an open dime with it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just pr- I love the hardware. It'll produce a QR code. So if you just like plug a open diamond, you want to put some sats on it. It'll produce a QR code. You can send sats to that. I well, I, I think yeah. I think you have to prime the cold, the open dime first. You have to set it up because you have to give it its entropy. When you set up a open dime, you drag files in to give it randomness, external randomness. So because you use the secure element plus the randomness generated from the hash of the files you drag in. So I'm, yeah, I I. I I thought that was assumed. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can't. I I kind of wish. I don't know how they would do it. Maybe if you put files on the SD card, stuck the SD card in, and then stuck the USB drive in. But it'd be kind of nice if you could just stick the USB drive directly into the block clock, and you know the open dime directly into the block clock, and it it primed it, got it ready to go, and gave you QR code. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But it's really cool. I'm definitely gonna get one. We're both it's probably better one. that it's probably better that it's a dumb device and you can't 
Yeah. I mean, I also like want like a, I want like a coin kite base station where you can like plug in a bunch of different hardware wallets and you just can set up a multi-sig an, without a computer. Into a nine volt battery. Just, just use a few nine volt, nine volt batteries to do all this. Yeah, I like that that power thing is a cool idea too. And so he also announced these steel plates, which are not particularly revolutionary in form of seed storage, but they are the first ones that offer this form factor in 24 words, uh, which is how many words you need. You know, so to have a 12 word one, uh, you need to have two of them. So it's nice that he has this nice little. It's 12 words on each side. Um, and it has like this stamp tool and you basically put dots in the column of each letter for each word. And what's kind of nice about that is if a regular, like a normal burglar type person comes across it or a maid or something, they might look at it. They might not even know it's like word phrase. They might not even get to that point. This is Braille. I don't read Braille. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, and there's no moving parts, nice and simple, $35. I saw somebody was giving them shit for that product. Who was giving them shit for that? It was the Shift Crypto guys because they have the beef from the hardware wallet shit. Yeah, because there's one that looks similar to it, but it has, first of all, it's double the price, and it only has six words on each side instead of 12 words on each side. So, like, that's a that's a major difference. Like, I he's not he wasn't saying he was being, like, innovative or or, you know, groundbreaking. He's not, like... I'm going to Mars. I'm going to land people on Mars. He was like, this is a better mousetrap and it's half the price and you could buy it from the same person you're buying the hardware wallet from. And, you know, it's like, makes sense. It seems like a natural uh, product suite progression there. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I'm a fan. Sp- speaking of going to Mars, what do you think of Elon's son's name? It's named. He's named after a plane, right? I don't know what the hell he's named. It's like AXAE12 something. Did I have you, no idea. Did you see the tweet where it was like uh, Grimes was asked the gender and she was like, I'm not going to gender my child. And then there was another tweet from Elon and he was just like, I had a boy. <laughs> they should talk about that. Um, Gen- if you talk genders about Elon, exist, freaks. If you want to talk about Elon, how about him going fucking ham on his investor call and then tweeting out, I think Tesla price stock price is too high, too and high. The, the stock dumped twelve percent or something. I don't know. It fucking I cratered. Stocks, I'm invested in freaks. Tesla is part of my bull case of Bitcoin. If that shit can pump, the sky's the limit for Bitcoin. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't want to tie Bitcoin success to Tesla. I'm so like I go back and forth with Tesla. Like I, I. In space, so I like SpaceX. I, I like the fact that you can send rockets up above the atmosphere into space and land them on uh, like a, a cube dick measuring in the contest. ocean. Yeah, I mean, I think it's between him and Bezos at this point on SpaceX. But Tesla, I always go back and forth. Like, is it a good product? Is it not? Like, are the cars cheap? Are they well, he, blowing up? He shot a Tesla up to space, so they're kind of tied. Yeah, they're kind of tied. Yeah, that was kind, badass. I mean, it, they're definitely tied because they're better. I think uh, Elon's a fucking boss. I'm like super pro too. Elon. I think I you mean, know pay, he's just he's got PayPal. He he interact. He PayPal. sent a. Uh, I know fuck PayPal, but like he's interacting with Bitcoiners more now. Um, who sent him a tweet and they he definitely holds Bitcoin, motherfucker. The Bitcoin, Bitcoin. Um, the Bitcoin uh, anime character. 
He he posted that. Yeah, yeah, he posted that. He responded to somebody with a Bitcoin anime character. I forget yeah. who it was though. Um, but I'm, uh, yeah, I am. Uh, I stay on the sidelines when it comes to Tesla and their stock price and stuff like that. I don't know what's going on. Uh, he wants to open up the country. I agree with him. I think uh, we should get be getting more people back to work. We didn't have this on the list, but another ADP jobs report released today. Another three three point three million, I think. Total is above thirty million, I believe. Unemployed. What my point was nothing about his actual product in Tesla. It's the multiple it's trading at is a perfect example of this weird retail environment we're in where people have Robinhood accounts and have access to, to, to trade stocks like they've never had before. And they have these darling stocks that trade at ridiculous multiples. Zoom was part of that investment thesis. Beyond Meat, right? Tesla. These are all trading at ridiculous multiples uh, Beyond because meat? people love them. People like, they think... People love Beyond Meat? Yeah, like, you know, there's like a group of people that are investing their own funds through Robinhood and on these other apps that they're like plant-based meat is the future and this is like the only one they that that's publicly traded and they do it. and we saw it with like the cannabis stocks we saw it with the weed stocks right like those little things were used to be like more isolated um, because the average person couldn't trade it right and they're more crypto-esque we saw it with uh USO the uh the oil ETF yeah, like, yeah. Pe- like retailers just saw oil going negative. We're like, oh, good time to buy, buy the dip. Or like two dollars. Uh, they saw it like two dollars and didn't realize it could go under. Yeah, and then some were even buying it negative, not realizing they'd have to actually physically deliver the oil to Oklahoma. Uh, I think that guy got away with it though. That was like an R, uh, R Wall Street bets. It's a crazy environment, man. It is, and. That's why I love finding safety in sats. And that, again, going back to our boy Paul, that's one our thing. Boy he, Paul, <laughs> that's one thing he mentioned is like when it comes to like what's actually happening. Like you can prove that in Bitcoin, and this is evidenced by the fact that I downloaded a full node. Not it's not my first full node, but I'm like downloading all the software and using my full node to verify everything. Like I'm verifying it myself. I don't need to depend on anybody to tell me what's happening within the Bitcoin network. I'm literally using the software I've downloaded on my computers that I possess to prove this stuff. Like I have certainty in what's going on in Bitcoin. And like I said, like I like Elon Musk and uh, I think he's funny. Number one, I think he's innovative. I don't know how successful his companies will be. And I don't know how legitimate they are at this point. I, I, I think I would like them to be legitimate. I know I would like them to be legitimate. I don't, I honestly don't know how legitimate they are though with Look, Bitcoin. You can give him. I people, do know how legit it is. People can give him shit, but he's all in. Motherfucker's got tons of skin in the game, so uh, yeah. respect. He's got, res- yeah, I respect it too. But you can't prove it, right? Like I yeah. can't go, I can't go scan a blockchain for how many actual Teslas exist, how many people have bought them, and how many are being exchanged at any given point in time. I can't, I can't do that. Bitcoin, you can't do exactly that either. But you can audit the system more. Yeah, what Elon you don't need made, a spokesman. You don't need a spokesman out front to sort of defend the system. What Elon made with Tesla was a car that cost seventy thousand dollars. That a guy getting out of a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar Rolls at a restaurant walked by the Tesla slowly to take a look at it because he was curious. 
that's what he invented. You know, like that and then in that in that way it was it was groundbreaking. It was like the iPhone effect for Dude, cars. I'll ne- I'll never forget the first Uber I ever took in Chicago. Like Chicago was one of the first five cities that got Uber when I was a freshman in college. A buddy from Philly who was older than me is my cousin's friend, my older cousin's friend. And we went out to get dinner one night and like I went to his apartment before dinner. He's like, dude, we're going to get an Uber. I was like, what's an Uber? He's like, watch this. And like that was when Uber was strict black cars, like before they even had Uber X or anything like that. A Tesla pulled up. First Uber I ever gotten was Tesla. And I, I remember being blown away, like, holy shit. Because the whole center console was like a, a touchscreen, uh, like basically an iPad. Yeah, like the, the, it, the, the best the and worst part of the thing. Tesla is how computerized it is. It's like the ultimate surveillance yeah. vehicle. Well, that's the thing. Like, I remember being completely blown away aesthetically by the experience but that that's the only experience i've had in a tesla and since then i've just seen some blowing up on the side of the road people questioning how many have been made how many have been sold and i i just honestly don't know you can't confirm that i think the blowing up thing is kind of bullshit because like if we were driving yeah. around with like fucking flammable gas tanks and it's not like cars are a very safe mode of transportation to begin with I mean, yeah, they're two-ton weapons at the end of the day, right? Anyway, all, enough with this Elon stuff. Uh, Blockstream Satellite V2 got launched. Did you see this? I did. I did, and it's pretty big from a satellite perspective. Um, I, one of the big things, you know, is that you can sync a full node all the way from Genesis now. Um, yes. I think before that, they were just using the checkpoints. Um that and you're it, still trusting it, them, but you you get to verify it on your own node. So you're verifying that it, it conforms to the rules, but you're trusting them on the actual block data. Yes, and it, it requires half the bandwidth, right? So I, th- I think that's uh, a thing as well. And then on top of that, there are... Well, I don't think offers. it's half the bandwidth. I think they increase the bandwidth available. Uh, they uh, just have more bandwidth available now. I think it's easier to download if you're in a in a place with shittier bandwidth from what i read oh uh, yeah it, it makes it more reliable at edges of coverage zones less affected yeah. by weather interference less sensitive to equipment tuning more bandwidth but also more efficient better compression and then a big thing here is that they're actually they're releasing kits so that so, you yeah. can easily connect so they have different tiers of these kits too, like a beginner's kit and then a, like a pro kit. And that's a big question with Blockstream specifically is like, how the hell are they going to be profitable? Like they've just been creating software. It's just like a bunch of Bitcoiners dicking around, making passion projects. Like, are they ever going to be profitable? And I'm not saying this is going to make them incredibly profitable, but as a Bitcoiner who wants to get a satellite node up, I, I think I could buy one of these kits, or I would buy, I will buy one of these kits at some point. Um, so definitely contribute to the revenue that they have. But yeah, if you want to like run a satellite node, they're going to provide out-of-the-box products for you to make that happen. I do believe if you're in the lower-tier product, you do need to buy one product that is that does not come in the package you need to buy separately. a dish right yeah or it's, it's not exactly a dish it's something else but it's like a flat antenna yeah exactly 
Um, so that's coming out. What do you think? I still think the coolest part about so it's weird, right? Because it 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 provides a very nice redundant way of accessing Bitcoin data. So we've been talking about um, in the past we've talked about eclipse attacks where your node gets surrounded by malicious nodes and they feed you faulty data. You can avoid that by by double checking the data you get with a with a satellite connection anywhere in the world, basically. The other thing is in low connectivity zones, like you don't have internet and stuff, you can you can access receive only data, um, not transmit data. Great, also great. Um, the the other thing is uh, you can their their API to transmit data is really fucking cool. Uh, and, and like I, my favorite use case so far has been that one dude who like posts the news every day uh, and he signs it with his with his public key. He signs yeah. with his private key, but it's you know, you can verify it with his public key that it's him every day. So he's like building up this reputation as like a news source and no one knows who he is. And it's broadcast just worldwide globally. Um, and then, you know, the, the caveat is that they are work, they they don't own their own satellites. They're renting satellite space. Um, They're renting a channel on a satellite. Yeah, that's how it works. But the good thing so the is, the good thing the with satellite. That, yeah, sorry. So to explain the mechanics of the satellite, the the block quote unquote blockstream satellite. It's not a satellite that blockstream wholly owns and uh, they don't own controls. it at all. Yeah, they own a channel within a satellite that they have to get access to. And they rent basically it, own right? a, a feed. Yeah, they rent a feed that sends data via radio transmission. They don't. They don't own the physical satellite and have control over it. They just own the rights to the channel where they're broadcasting their information. But it's interesting because in certain threat models, that's actually an improvement. Because if you were to like try and take down one of the satellites that runs them, you take down a bunch of other services as well. Um, and this so- is actually. It's actually bringing a good point. In my episode, Roy Sabag, he said that these were like low atmosphere satellites that could easily that to fall on the ground after like three years. It's not true at all. The, the blockstream satellites like up there and the the channel that it's streaming from will probably be live for quite a while. In geosynchronous orbit or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just had to write that wrong. The other thing, the other benefit is it is the most private way to sync a full node. Because it's passive, it's like a radio. Um, if you turn on a radio, no one knows what you're listening to, what data you're bringing in, because it's receive only. Um, another way to think about it is those dumb old GPS receivers, uh, GPS devices you used to have in your car and stuff, um, where they just receive GPS signals. They don't transmit anything. That is the most private way to receive information. So there's, there's a massive boost there. And then when it comes time to broadcast a transaction... You can broadcast it out through something like Tor or something like that. That's a lower bandwidth connection, or or even something like Transaction Tenna through a Gotenna, you know, or Gotenna Mesh, some kind of mesh network. You know, you use uh, Locha Mesh, uh, something like that. You know. Yeah, and so the big, you're not like it's not like an APA. API APA API call where you're requesting information. You're literally just receiving it, receiving it. You're exactly. not saying, "Hey, send this to me, send this to me." It's being literally flowed to you in radio waves, and you can just receive that without having to request it. It's just coming at you no matter what. 
But I the the news guy is is the coolest. I think that's so, so cool that that guy just keeps posting news. Your daily Every day. news bulletin. Every day. That's the uh, hey. If you're going to be a content producer out there. The one thing I will recommend is consistency. Just show up every day. You never know when your time's going to strike. If you're there, you'll be happy that you are there. That's easier said say. than done. Um, so kudos to that dude. And kudos to all the other guys producing content out there. Um, another big story was the Foundation Devices announced uh, their intention to release a hardware wallet built in the U.S. Um, targeting hardcore users, uh, making... It's going to be very similar to the cold card in terms of trade-offs. Uh, and it's coming from Zach Herbert, who was previously with the SIA team. Um, with Obelisk, right? Yeah, Obelisk. I'm pretty excited for this. I, I, I've been talking to them uh, for the last couple of weeks, and I think they'll have something in store for us. That's that's very nice. Uh, so we'll see. You know, They, they have no specifics yet. Um, but this Valhalla that we want to reach eventually where we're using... Uh, multiple manufacturer hardware wallets for multi-sig requires multiple good manufacturers of hardware wallets. Uh, so it'd be nice to see some new entrants here um, that are in the you know Bitcoin-only, very security-focused space instead of getting distracted by a lot of the bullshit that we see from the other top hardware wallets. Yeah, and from what I understand, Foundation's ethos is to be as open source as possible as well, similar to CoinKite. Um so just pushing the ball in the right direction. Shout out to Zach. Um, I, mean, I mean, the more the merrier. The, the, the This is the Austrian uh, open markets view. The more competition, the better the products will be at the end of the day. I'm getting an unstable connection here. Are you, are you still with me, Matt? I think it worked out. I didn't hear anything you just said, but I think it worked out. So fuck Comcast, but... Um, I think we're good. I, I, I probably agree with what you said. I, I heard the last part, which was like open competition, something yes, to that effect. We need more of that. We need more of that. I'm really excited for what they have for us. I think, you know, Zach, Zach has the right priorities and I think that's the most important thing. And then we'll, we, we work from there. So we'll see, we'll see what they come up with, but I, I'm, I'm very excited. I think it's a very underrated piece of news. Um, and then the other thing that we missed, I never, we never talked about this, this perpetual one-way peg. No, shout out, shout out Ruben, um, who has put this forward, but I, I interrupted you because there's another thing we missed on the list that I really want to talk about. So go on with the perpetual one-way peg. Yeah. I mean, we have a bunch of things on this list still, um, but the perpetual one-way peg is this idea of creating a side chain that's like a perpetual burn system, um, which is what Counterparty, when Counterparty first launched, uh, which most famously now is what Tether on Bitcoin was being hosted on, was, was using. Um, yeah. Uh, but now is using mostly liquid, it appears, in terms of on the Bitcoin side, and or ERC-20, and they also have like a Tron version of ERC-20. But besides the point... They used a burn system. So instead of an ICO where you exchange Bitcoin for bullshit token, you burn Bitcoin and no one ever gets it. And and it's like a proof. It's basically like a proof of work tangential thing because the proof of work built the value in the Bitcoin and then you're burning it forever and then you get the new token. 
And his idea, that's perpetual. Instead of like a phase in the beginning where people proof of burn and get the token, you can just get it whenever. Um, that's a very, it's, it's an interesting concept. I don't know if it holds up uh, to actual real world use. You know, we haven't seen it in the real world, but it's a very interesting concept, this idea that you can create a side chain where you're, you're burning you're burning Bitcoin to get whatever token. I like burning yeah, I mean, better. I like burning better too. And Counterparty, for you freaks that don't know, they're, they're huge application to date, I would argue. Rare Pepe's, right? They, they created Rare Pepe's first. Shout I, mean, out I would Joe say Luna. Tether was the biggest. Well, that came from Omni Protocol. Was that but wasn't Omni or? like, Omni's tangential was- to Counterparty, isn't it? It is. It's derivative. It's like a derivative of counterparty. But it's not counterparty? I don't think you were burning Bitcoin for Tether, though. No, you weren't burning for Tether, but you did for Omni, I think. I don't know. I'm not positive. positive. But anyway, the nice thing about burning is that all the people that aren't involved, our value goes up. Um, So it, it helps Bitcoin holders that aren't involved. And it doesn't enrich some founders or whatever. It does. It's not a money grab. I agree, but I'm still like, I don't want to say torn on on burning. I'm just like ignorant on burning. Like, is that like I don't know. I haven't thought through the whole process. Am I okay with just burning Bitcoin? Like, could those u- potential UTXOs be more useful in the future? What, is that a trade off you want to make? His idea is. His idea is is like reverse utility token thesis, right? So the utility token thesis was this idea that we were going to like get Denticoin or something because we wanted to pay yeah. our dentist, right? So he's saying if you need to have a sidechain token for whatever your utility is, people can, be worth it. people can burn sats at the moment they need it and then switch into it. Like obviously it'd be better if you could just straight up integrate Bitcoin directly, but if it needed to be on a side chain, if it needed to be on a separate chain, then you could just, you know, instead of doing this bullshit where you're, you know, you're going into this free floating token, it still would be a free floating token, but technically you'll always get that one-to-one peg of if you burn. So you can just burn a little bit, just spend it right away. Not as like he knows, he acknowledges that it that the resulting token isn't a store of value. It's trending to zero right away. So you just do it and you just burn it right away. No, I agree. and like I said, like I need to think through this more. But it does make inherently more sense to me. Um, and after speaking with Paul Storks, I know a controversial figure to a lot of people, but I do think side chains need to get more tick than uh, they have gotten to date. Obviously, Liquid is a federated sidechain that is starting to get uh, more more use than than any sidechain other than Counterparty. Was Counterparty technically a sidechain? I don't think so. So Counterparty, I think Counterparty, like, I have rare Pepe's on an open dime that... Uh, it's on a Bitcoin... It's on a Bitcoin address, right? You can access it. Yeah, you can access it via Bitcoin. It's merge mined um, with Bitcoin, right? That's not even merge mine. It's part of Bitcoin, but it's in that burning. Eh, maybe merge mine. I don't know. I never paid attention to the counterparty shit. I'm not sure how it works. I'm sure the freaks can educate us a little bit here. Yeah, early episode of Tales from the Crypt. I had Joe Looney on, who's a legend. I listened to that one. He he was one of the rare Pepe. To um, be honest, I rolled my eyes that whole whole episode. I, I mean... 
It was during the other Pepe bullshit that was happening. Yeah, it was during like the Ethereum Pepe. Yeah, which really soured me. And honestly, Joe, I love you, but I don't get like blockchain art at all. Like I would never buy a non-fungible token on on the blockchain and like actually value it. I don't I don't I don't get I don't I don't see NFTs. the value in, in I don't see the value of owning something in a digital What about NFTs that are like certificate authenticities for real life items? No, you can't connect those. You can never connect those. Hey, yeah, you have that NFT for that digital for that physical item. I steal it and you can have that authentication all you want but i have the physical asset it doesn't make any sense to me you can never bridge the two yeah but i mean you could say the same thing about certificate of authenticities right like so like if a signed baseball has a certificate of authenticity it's worth more than if it doesn't yeah that's why i don't invest in baseballs with <laughs> certificates of authenticity I'd, i had a lot when i was a kid i would get a lot of signed things that was like my my early gambling was sports memorabilia and this and honestly it just may just be a product of who i am and i i may just be blind to this to this marketplace but it doesn't make any sense to me yeah i mean i don't think it really makes much sense to me either um i was gonna say something though i don't remember nfts burning burning i think side chains do need to get more oh that's what i was gonna say yeah, I think cha- I think we need to give side chains a more of a chance here. I think so, people have written off side chains. Well, so what's weird is Liquid's biggest issue, I think, is it's a bunch of known entities doing a federation, and it's up to twenty one now. Yeah, and if they get too big, they become a major target. As they get bigger, they become a major target. I've said in the past that I do think. That it's, that's basically, they're commingling risk amongst all of the exchanges and those those businesses. Which well, is, that's the big question. Is the risk dissipated the more people enter the federation it, or is it, it is, increased? It is dissipated on a small scale, but it elevates the chance of like black swan risk. Like on like a bloody, a bloody day where just everyone goes down, right? That's That's how I view it. I view it as... It elevates like worst case scenario risk, but reduces all the little fiat risk that happens and like all that different risk. Um, the easiest way for them to reduce their risk is if they they haven't like opened up. They should make it super easy for people to launch competing federations. Like imagine a world with a thousand federations and and some of them are like, 14 of 16 tour known identities where like no one knows who they are. Right. And you can swap in between them and stuff. Like if you had like a million side chains, there's something there in terms of just like being strong together. It's like a, what is the the quote? Like a bundle of sticks is stronger than a single twig or whatever. A fist is stronger than a slap. Um, Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, and it, uh, I'm trying to think through it in my head right now. So it would make sense in the sense that if multiple federations are dependent on single or multiple nodes in other federations, there could be fees between the federations that make it economically feasible, right? Well, you could sw- you could have swaps. You could yeah. you could you could run swaps in between the different federations. 
But like, and they were imagine, off, right? imagine if they had like a simple tool that just allowed you to just start up a federation, and you could just start it up with some random nims on the internet, and then we just had like a bunch of different little federations. But I think they're like a little bit greedy, and they just want it all in liquid. I don't know. Well, they let Wiz in their federation. Who's but one in person. their federation? Imagine if yeah. Wiz started a second federation. Imagine if someone yeah. else started a third federation, and you had a bunch of them. And then you had free market competition between them, and they all kind of protected each other in terms of regulatory arbitrage and whatnot. I like to say it sounds like it makes sense to me. Yeah. Obviously, I haven't thought through everything, but I, I, that sounds better to me. I don't know. This is just, um, that's my two sets. I like that. I like your two sets there. It seems like it'd be a more robust system and create more optionality for people operating within these, these side chains, where if something like a liquid blockchains um, acting in bad faith, you could easily move to another. Yeah, I mean, right now, the only reason I would ever use liquid is to hold tether. So, yeah. but I would I never hold trade. tether. So maybe, you know, I'm not like the right person to ask, but I, I if you look at it from like a, a censorship resistance point of view, that's a simple me- method they could use to try and like muddy the waters, right? It's like this, I think it's the same argument as like, if you have like a million shit coins, like they provide some type of regulatory cover for Bitcoin, right? Where like they see EOS do a $4 billion raise and they're like, we're not going to necessarily go so hard on Bitcoin because like these guys are like obviously fucktards, right? Um, like I, I think... It provides like some kind of cover there where it's not just like one behemoth network that's like run by a yeah. bunch of regulated entities. It's cover via confusion, obscurity, yeah. right? At the end of the day. No, is it? No. Well, that's the thing. Like, it's still so early in this thing. Like, I, and what I, the point I was trying to make, like, I think more side chains are needed. It's just like who's going to. Well, that's, yeah. That's what triggered the who's thought, gonna, right? Yeah. He's going to push that ball forward. Can we create, can we create TFTC sidechain? Like, we well, that's what I'm saying, right? We're like, we could create a yeah. federation. If they made it easy, we'd create a federation. But we wouldn't... We, we, I mean, if I did it, I wouldn't, like, we wouldn't broadcast publicly that it was a TFTC federation. Because who wants, who wants that pressure? Who wants that regulatory pressure on you? You could just do it as, like, a secret entity. Yeah. But then, like, do you have to be, like, up and aware at all times, like, to sign a signature? My point is, like, I want a federation of NIMS that have a reputation uh, on a, a web of trust reputation, right? So they build up their trust over time. But no one knows exactly who they are. Like that would be interesting. I think that would be more interesting to me. I, th- I think that would be preferred. Actually. And I think it would make Liquid more interesting. I think it would make their federation more valuable because you have would, all these like child ones. But you also have like all these child ones that like allow you to interact in between and all that shit. Right. There's something there. No, I think there is too. This like, is I'm, not I'm, all my ideas. I've talked to people about these. I don't want to say their name on the podcast. So if you're listening, I love you. I just don't want to call you out here. This seems like the right way forward for a perfect competition and actually getting what we want out of these federations uh, to come to fruition. It makes sense to me. 
Have you have you used liquid yet? Uh, no, I have not. I mean, you should I, I'm, download. I'm a humble. I'm a humble, humble stats stat. No, dude, download Green Wallet. Right. I already, I already have it downloaded. I already. Have and then, sideshift.ai, Right. But but use a use a VPN because it, they don't allow Americans. Send them a Lightning transaction, and convert it to Tether on Liquid to your green wallet. Just a tiny amount, just a negligible amount. It's conven- it, it there's something there, you know. I don't like the Tether. Uh, the Tether, I I can't do it. I just I just I think it's gonna. I've been forever. I've just thought it was gonna explode at any moment. Uh, too much third-party risk, but there's something there. There's a value add there, uh, and no, the whole green is. wallet interface is very interesting. I just don't have the use case for it. Like, luckily, I don't have the use case for it. Yeah, and that's like with Matt Alborg, who I talked to last week. Like, people in Lat M need this shit desperately. It seems. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Tether on green wallet could be really useful to them. And that third party risk is like that's what they have to deal with in their own banks anyway. Like yeah. to a worse extent. If anything, Tether might could, be more you know, reputable than their than like the Venezuelan government or something. I don't think so. But they could use DAI, bro. They could just get in MakerDAO. <laughs> it's completely decentralized. Freaks, DeFi. he's being sarcastic. DeFi. Um, we're an hour and 45 minutes in. We got a few more topics to get through. One that we missed last week. All right, let's just do, we're going to do a quick three app upgrade. Uh, bang, bang. Upgrade, release. Three app release, bang, bang, bang. Uh, Blue Wallet, they upgraded to version 5.3.5. If you are running Blue Wallet, upgrade it. Does this include uh, P2EP? No, not yet. Next update will. Next update. Um, All right. It's it's C-Lightning. it's a major PSBT update though. That's what it is. PSBT. Getting my P uh, acronyms mixed up. Sea Lightning version zero point eight point two uh, is out now. It's from Blockstream as well. Eclair version zero point four is out there. It's from Async. And now we're back to macro topics. Lebanon. Talked wait, wait. About this. Uh, Noddle Dojo. Noddle Dojo. Oh, no. And Noddle One, the two most recent Noddles, just got RPC Explorer, uh, the the BTC Explorer, so you can have your own local Explorer, uh, which I think is like super useful. Glad to see them got that added, and you can access it through Tor, so you can give someone a Tor link. They can they can use your Uncle Jim block blockchain Explorer through that. Uh, it's worth noting that all the three major build your owns already had it: Ronin Dojo, Raspi Blitz. And my node, but it's good to see Noddle add that on top. And they upgraded to LND 0.09, 0.9, whatever the most recent, second most recent LND is. So it has key send support as well. So you can just send sats without an invoice. Yeah. Um, yeah, 0.9.0. That- Apologies, freaks, for butchering that. 0.9.0. There's a lot of a lot of version numbers to remember. To memorize, to rememberize, to rememberize. And he updated Whirlpool too. Shout out to Keto. Uh, Michelle, love you, brother. Okay, Uh, macro. Sorry, Lebanon. Lebanon. I mean, we we meant to talk about this last week. We didn't get to it. 
they're having a banking crisis, which is on par with one of the worst in the world. I don't even know what to compare it to when I say one of the worst in the world, but they're having a pretty terrible banking crisis when it comes to capital controls and the ability to access the money that Lebanese citizens have made. I would compare it to Argentina probably because I believe, don't quote me on this, but I believe that the bank system in Lebanon converted U.S. dollars within their system to their local Lebanese currency, and that is uh, causing people to, to go to the streets and actually set banks on fire. They're actually having a legit hyperinflationary uh, currency crisis, and they're also running with it from a mean from a meme perspective, the uh, is that the Kenyan, the, the Ghanan, Kenyan, uh, it's the Ghanan, Ghanan, Ghanan. It's the best recent meme we've had in fucking years. It's, it's fucking so amazing. good, dude. The Ghanans, uh, the pole bearers with the with the um, with the what the hell is the word I'm looking for? The coffins on their shoulders, like walking it with the music. Uh, Matt's about to play it. But they're literally. I tried. To, I tried to play it, but I failed. Lebanese citizens are literally claiming that their currency is dead, and they're setting their banks on fire. And this is not something to laugh about or joke about. Uh, it is simply a anecdote within a trend that's going on right now, where you have the bottom of the currency market sort of burning out, and these currencies failing. And I think it's a trend that's going to move upward in the dominant currencies of the world uh, because central bank people are losing trust in central banks in general and then number two central banks aren't helping themselves out at all in Lebanon capital controls have been instituted very strictly uh, very recently and they're basically following the, the path of Argentina where you put money in a bank and then in one currency, mainly the U.S. dollar, and it gets converted into the local currency and devalued right away so the government can use the uh, surplus value of the stronger currency to pay for their debts, but it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. And um, I think this trend is going to continue. And it's just funny to see the citizens of Lebanon meme this stuff into reality. And I, I know a few have called for turning to Bitcoin uh, throughout all this, but it's just it's just weird to see all this hyperinflationary stuff that we've talked about in Bitcoin specifically for a while come to fruition uh, in countries around the world. Yeah, I mean, it's not funny at all, but the Ghana meme is hilarious. Um, it, I, I love that meme. I think it's, I, 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 it's, there's something about it, right? And the, yeah. It's it's their it's Combination their funeral of dance. It's when they do the funeral dance, and so like the Lebanese uh, protesters took over that meme live to do their protest, but they were also burning down banks and stuff. The currency crisis there is no fucking joke, um, and this is exactly, you know, what we've been talking about is that when you do need Bitcoin, um, when the time comes that you need Bitcoin, it becomes very hard to get it right. Like it is. It, it is something that you need to prepare especially, for. And that's especially why if you're trying to buy it in a currency that's hyperinflating, like, like, but they don't even give them, 
they've removed access to foreign markets for them, right? So, so we have in the show notes we've we've linked an article from Lee Kuhn at uh, at CoinDesk, and she does a I think she does a pretty good job of covering uh, what's happening over there in terms of of Bitcoin demand and currency crisis, and uh, she does a I think she does a very good job in these types of in these types of topics. Um, so I commend her on that. It's fantastic. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's really bad. And, and I think the best metaphor for Americans is fucking masks. Like when it came time where you needed masks, you couldn't get them. And it's going to be the same exact thing with Bitcoin. When it, when it comes time, when you really need Bitcoin, I don't think you're going to be able to get it. Um, and I'm not going to tell you told you so, because that's fucked up. So that's why we stack sats early and often. This, this is why I, t- I tell you so ahead of time. So then it's not fucked up. No, but it is fucked up. It's like... You never want to be in a position where it's like, I told you so. Especially as a Westerner living on the East Coast in America. Like well, we, I'm not telling the Lebanese told you so. I'm saying oh, if no, it happens in America... If it happens in America, it's a whole totally a told you so moment. And I'm sorry, I'm not I'm not trying to to make it look like you're telling the Lebanese that I told you so, but this is the natural progression of any fiat currency moving into the floor. So like whether it's America, Ghana, Lebanon, like this is what's gonna happen eventually. And this is something Bitcoiners have been warning for a while. And I'm not saying I told you so to the Lebanese Lebanon, the population of Lebanon, but it's becoming more glaringly obvious that this is happening more and more and more throughout the world. And the point I want to make is Americans, we have this view of, oh, it'll never happen to us. It'll never happen to us. We said gradually, then suddenly earlier in the podcast with Paul Tudor and institutional money moving to the space, with the situation that's going to down now with the lockdowns and helicopter dropping money into people's bank accounts as supply chains are shut down. Like, don't think it can happen here. That's all I want to say. That's the point I'm trying to make is don't think that we're immune to this in any way, shape or form. Yeah. I mean, fiat currency doesn't have long life lifetimes. Um, and we are definitely not immune to economic crises. We are lucky that we have a global reserve currency right now, um, but we're abusing that privilege, so it's only a matter of time. We are we are abusing that privilege more than an alcoholic abuses the bottle. Like the only question I mean. is, the only question is how long. That's I think what really I comes mean, that's down a, to. I mean, that's been the question on every investor's mind, everybody's mind for a while. You don't know. And that's why I love Park, the name Parker Lewis's blog series, Gradually and Suddenly. Like, it happened slowly but short, or slowly at first, and then all at once. And you never know. You never know when it's going to happen. And don't pretend to know when it's going to happen. Just, be pre- prepare, just prepare for when it does happen that you are positioned well. And here at Tales from the Crypt, at Rabbit Hole Recap, we believe that Bitcoin provides the opportunity to prepare for this. At least I do personally. Or at least like Matt Alberg's sense, it provides you access to other instruments if you if you don't want, if Bitcoin doesn't suit your needs. Um, yes. It provides, provides you access to an open 
relatively permissionless financial network. Um, on, on Bitcoin, it is it is pretty much permissionless. But if you go over to like different sets of stable coins and shit like that, uh, more permission is required. But it still provides you access where access wasn't granted before. And I think that's very, very powerful. I do as well. Freaks. I'm getting yelled at by my wife via text. Wait, wait, wait. wait. We have to talk about one more thing. Well, we have to talk about two more things real quick. Duterte, real quick. Duterte in the Philippines closed a major news network. I don't know how to pronounce his name. The guy who's like Duarte. borderline dictator Duarte. over there. Uh, he's, a, he's a dictator. He's a straight up dictator. President of Philippines. He closed a major news network. Uh, a freak sent this to me from the Philippines. That's fucked up is because they were critical of him and they, they, he shut it down. I wasn't want he like killing. Wasn't he like killing drug dealers just in the street? Or something yes, like he was. I, I just I want Americans to be a little bit cautious here because as much as I hate most of the mainstream media, this whole vitriol towards them that's also fanned by by our president. It needs to. You have to be careful with it because we can slow. We can you know it could gradually then suddenly end up in situations similar to this where where stuff gets shut down. So you got to be careful. You don't want to end up where Trump is your only media source, but you also want to be critical of exactly media sources with money backing them exactly. and have certain incentives. So be careful. Um, trust TFTC. The other, don't trust us. And then the other thing is, don't trust don't. any of your media sources. Have multiple, you know, and and compare and contrast and 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 use a critical mind with it. The other thing is, I want to do a shout out to my real boy Paul, our real boy Paul, uh, future Paul who I, I went on his brand new podcast. Um, he was one, he was part of the Verge founding team. Um, he's been on the Verge Fuck cast for a fucking decade, and he's no longer with the Verge cast. He's doing his own podcast. Um, straight up orange-pilled. He is a freak. We had a great conversation. I wish it was in person. I, yeah, he owes me a fucking drink. We're going to do this post-Rona. We're going to have a drink. It's going to be fucking fantastic. We should do the three of us. I think it would be fucking awesome. Um, but I, I went on his yeah. brand new podcast. I was his first guest. Second episode, first guest is called C- Cyberdeck Users Weekly. So search that. Give him a subscribe. What's the website? He's got a dope. Se- he's got a dope website. Yeah, Paul.lol. Paul.lol. Better than any domain I've ever hoarded. Fantastic fucking domain. So go there. He's got a newsletter. It's funny because he also like he was the one. Who like really got me to hate emails? Like he hates emails, but he has a newsletter. So he has a newsletter at paul.lol. And he also has his podcast. Um, the first episode was fantastic. I think the second episode was pretty good, but that was me. So you know, it is what it is. But go subscribe, auto download. Great dude. Love you, Paul. Paul.lol. Go check it out, freaks. Sorry if we got like. Sorry if my words got a little slurred here at the end. It's been uh, it's been a long Thursday. I love you freaks. Lots going on in the world right now. We are at a pivotal moment in history. Humanity is going through a huge inflection point. Decide how you want to live the rest of your life, how you want your children's lives to look. You're able to make those decisions right now. Stay humble, stack sets. Peace and love, freaks.